Welcome everyone to this week's podcast attached to the blog that's just gone up on the website entitled Can the type of anaesthetic you get when you have cancer surgery affect how long you live afterwards? Uh, this is a very interesting um, question which has been sort of quietly building momentum and there's um, been a lot of journal articles and discussion about this in the last couple of years. I was motivated to do this uh, blog because um, I, after listening to a, um, a speaker from the la- latest ANSCA ASM held in Brisbane uh, where they discussed um, some of the more recent observational evidence from a large study uh, done at the Marsden Hospital which is a large cancer centre in the UK uh, where they showed that um, patients who receive propofol as opposed to volatile as the basis of their anaesthetic during cancer surgery um, were much likely to live um, longer and had lower mortality so this is something definitely um, thought provoking obviously observational data has a lot of potential confounders and uh, there's definitely no um, definitive evidence that this uh, cause and effect between the two however this is a um, you know, um, a very interesting question and uh, certainly something that we should be uh, thinking about and looking into. Uh, the blog's got a bit more of a discussion and certainly the, the article as well which if you go to the show notes on the website um, has a link you can click to, to the abstract in uh, anesthesiology from 2016. I'm going to try and succinctly summarise basically what the scientific basis for that is, uh, for this debate is and as to how why how and why this might actually be a real thing or could possibly be a real um, biological um, explanation for why this could actually be a real phenomenon. So basically the um, uh, laboratory and animal data um, has been trying to look at the, the effects of the different anaesthetic agents on the immune system and on some of the receptors and um, biochemical processes that prolong um, cell life in cancer cells. The hypothesis is basically that volatile anaesthetics adversely affect your immune system, especially cell-mediated immunity and natural killer cells, which are known to have um, an important function in mopping up and um, destroying malignant cells. Uh, There seems to be some evidence that volatile anaesthetics um, impair that, and there also seems to be some evidence in the laboratory and animal data that propofol doesn't do that. The other thing, or some of the other areas that, that have been investigated to try and explain this or phenomenon include um, the effect on um, cytokines and growth factors, including um, hypoxia-inducible induce, factor, which... Um, is an important mechanism by which cells can sort of resist apoptosis and, um, and cell death and volatiles are known to um, induce um, these sorts of responses in cells and in fact there is um, you know, a lot of evidence in the um, cardiothoracic uh, literature investigating the use of um, volatiles for, uh, to try and protect against ischemia or you know, ischemic preconditioning because of this effect. And once again, um, it, appear, it appears that propofol doesn't have any effects on that um, biochemical mechanism. So that, that's, 
I guess that's the guts of the um, proposed mechanism by why there might be a difference between these two anaesthetic agents. At this stage we don't have any strong clinical evidence that um, there's a cause and effect between the two and so there's definitely not, in my mind anyway, not um, any reason why people should be changing their practice at this stage. Um, however, it is definitely um, perfectly reasonable to use TIVA. It is a pretty good um, anaesthetic and, uh, has, and it does have some other advantages that we know are true. In fact, um, it is um, better at lowering the post-operative nausea and vomiting risk. Um, a lot of my anaesthetic colleagues who do neuroanesthesia like it because of its um, stability on the intracranial pressure and um, so I must admit that I am personally using TIVA a lot more than I used to in patients who are undergoing um, cancer surgery, ma mainly in my practice that is patients with ovarian, endometrial or cervical cancer, um, but I'm still happy to use volatile anaesthetics as well. Um, some of the things that I personally find is that certainly if cases go for a long time, you know, three, four hours or more, um, uh, maybe in my hands I'm not quite as good with the TIVA technique and it certainly takes longer to wake some patients. And also uh, I do feel more reassured when I have a paralyzed patient that um, when I can see a, a entitled volatile concentration that I just feel, I don't know if there's any scientific basis for this, but I feel a little bit better that the risk of awareness is probably lower. So when I do TIVA in, the, uh, in these patients who are paralysed and intubated, um, I do admit I also use the BIS monitor um, for what that's worth. And once again, I know there's a lot of debate about the um, efficacy and scientific validity of the um, BIS in recent times. So I hope that's a quick summary of the topic. Um, for the other anaesthetists out there, I'm really um, interested to hear your comments and um, your thoughts on this subject. So I know that you know, the website hasn't been up and running very long. So if you do have any um, any comments you'd like to add, I really appreciate if you, if you go to the website and uh, log on and um, put down some comments, get a bit of a discussion going. Um, I'd like like to see what everyone else out there does. All right, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, this uh, blog and uh, any suggestions for um, future topics, um, please let me know.